Tennessee playing what amounts to a 4-4 fake. And there's a touchdown! Touchdown, my God, a touchdown! We threw it to, we threw it to Haynes! My God almighty, did you see what he did? We just stepped on their face with a hobnail boot and broke their Welcome back to the DGD Podcast. This is your host, Robert Reynolds. And boy, what a show do we have here. Waiting for our special guest for the episode to come on. But nonetheless, a lot to cover, so I'm going to go ahead and get started. First things first. (coughs) Sorry. First things first. Definitely going to sit here and talk about the weekend in recruiting. I think that's the biggest thing right now in my head. Uh, A lot of IG... You know, a lot of IG fans, uh, you know, following that. So with that being said, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how that plays out, right? Because obviously this weekend being the last one. So we're going to talk some recruiting there. Um, But let's talk about, I think, in my opinion, the biggest fish of them all, Travis Shaw. Travis Shaw. And and let's start off by saying that Georgia did, I think, made the best impression they could with him. And... You know, talking back previously, you know, Jalen Walker being the catalyst, I think that's what you're seeing. Um, and I think that may, I think that plays a part. So if you're not familiar with Travis Shaw, uh, the defensive tackle out of Grimsley up in Greensboro, North Carolina. So, <clears throat> yeah, that's a big deal. Uh, obviously with the decommitment from Bear Alexander, um, you know, that's a big deal. And we, it's a must-have, in my opinion. Um, it's, it's truly a must-have uh, in this class. Uh, you know, looking at the defensive line, it's, it's very deep. It really is very deep. But the problem is there's not a lot of true uh, nose tackles, right, or guys that's willing to play nose tackle. Travis Shaw fits that. Uh, you know, looking at Bear Alexander, it's nice to see uh, Bear Alexander there. Um, you know, but he's obviously decommitted. So while you don't know if he's going to, you know, come back and commit to Georgia, uh, my prediction, I think he goes to A&L. But if, you know, you sit there and look at that right there, um, you know, in the context, you know, Travis Shaw becomes that much more uh, important to me. Uh, you know, obviously, and then you had the IMG guys, right? So you had, uh, you know, Dalen Everett, you had Kamari Wilson, Malachi Starks, and all those guys, Tyler Booker. You know, all those guys come up, I think six of them in total. And, you know, that's a huge deal because IMG is absolutely loaded uh, with talent. So, you know, I think a lot of good things came out of that as well. Uh, but real fast, before we move on any further, I'll talk about a little bit more uh, recruiting here uh, shortly. First, wanted to talk about, give a shout out to my guys at What the Game's Been Missing. It's a new Facebook group uh, and great memorabilia there. Uh, got my friend Sean Starkey uh, doing a live helmet series break. Uh, seeing some Tom Brady's going there. You really should check it out, guys. Really should. Uh, it's great stuff. I uh, just wanted to give them a shout out there. Uh, also, while you're you know while you're sitting here and listening or watching, you know make sure, guys, make sure to like, subscribe. You know if you're watching on YouTube, you know hit that follow. Subscribe button. You know, obviously, you can see here we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. There's much more, and obviously, the website dgdpodcast.com. Go check it out. Make sure you like, subscribe. Uh, Apple Podcasts. Hey, five star reviews, guys. That helps out and goes a long way uh, without even having any kind of monetization there. Uh, but let's go back to the recruiting. Uh, you look at the situation in, in the you know in the in the program right now. I guess you could say. Um, Obviously, you have the decommit from Smoke. You have the decommit from um, Bear Alexander. It kind of puts a sour taste in your mouth if you're a Georgia fan, and and rightfully so. Those are two five-star commits. 
Um, you know, but there is some good news, I think, in the in the horizon here. Uh, you know, Branson Robinson, obviously four-star uh, running back out of Mississippi, uh, third-ranked running back in the nation, uh, announced he's committing on the 22nd of July. Uh, and, and my prediction, I think he's a dog. Uh, you, you look at the logic, um, you know, just within the top five, right, you've got Alabama with the number one uh, running back, Emmanuel Henderson, uh, number five running back as well. And then Oklahoma uh, with the no, number two and number four, a running back commits and honestly you look at that right there and I think that's just the, the writings on the wall for him to come to Georgia uh, just off of those numbers uh, you know you know, if you look at if you look at crystal balls you could see Mississippi State being a factor there I don't see that I really don't uh, you know so I'm calling I'm calling it he's coming to Georgia now obviously that's not official nothing like that I'm not gonna try to take away from the kid or anything just my prediction I think he's coming to Georgia um, and honestly, I want to kind of see what, you know, how he fits into the system. I think he will uh, fit in very nicely. Uh, you know, everybody, want, I've heard a lot of people talk about comparing him to Chubb. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that, in my opinion. Uh, you know, I, I love the way he runs. He's short, you know. Um, but he's, he's a different breed than that. He's just he's shorter. Uh, he runs physical, very physical. Uh, do yourself a favor. Check out some of his tape on, you know, 24-7 or wherever you want to go to. Uh, to find it, but it's it's definitely worth a watch. He he has some very good tape. You see why Georgia's on him so hard. Uh, obviously, Jordan James already in the fold. Uh, so you're looking to add two running backs to the room, uh, and, and uh, rightfully so. You're losing Cook. You're losing Zeus. Uh, so those guys need to be replaced. Uh, obviously, you know that's a that's a positive light right on the situation here. You know, there's a lot of other guys that. You know, looking into the situation, how could you know how how could Georgia pull uh, push away or, or pull away? I'm sorry, pull away with some of these guys, right? I, I think after this weekend, though, guys, Travis Shaw, you know, I, I think it could be between you know UGA and um, UNC. Honestly, uh, you know, like I said, this is why I don't trust in the crystal balls. Twenty four seven's got him uh, Clemson a hundred percent lot or a hundred percent. I just don't see it. Uh, you know, the need for Georgia for a nose tackle, a true nose tackle, uh, is, is going to be something I'm sure Kirby pushes forward, and, and rightfully so. So you have that right there. But obviously, he's taking a commit, uh, he's taking a visit to Chapel Hill this weekend. So we're going to have to see how that plays out. Um, but I think Georgia did their pretty much their damnedest to, uh, to get him in the fold and things like that. So with that being said, uh, you know, you look at Jalen Walker, right? I want, obviously, I talked about this last week. Jalen Walker is going to be the catalyst in that recruitment. They're they're very good friends, and they're and he's an avid avid recruiter for Georgia. And I think that's another thing that could help uh, Georgia there. But also looking into you know this weekend, right? I wanted to kind of talk about this weekend here. Um, currently, uh, Arch Manning uh, is on uh, campus. Uh, he's doing a two-day visit. I think he's on the second day of the two-day visit. Um, so, obviously, all eyes are in Athens right now, especially with the Manning name being there in Athens. Uh, kind of ironic, you know, for the old heads. Uh, you know, if you if you say you don't want a Manning on your team, you're crazy because this kid has got it. <laughs> I'm just saying. But nonetheless, he's on his second day. Uh, I'm thinking here, you look at Todd Munkin, right, um, you know, but do we really see Todd Munkin being here uh, when he's committing? So I think you have to look at you know, maybe Buster Faulkner. I think Buster Faulkner is probably going to be our offensive coordinator after Todd Munkin leaves. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But I do think Todd Munkin shows them, you know, tells them what he wants to see, things like that. Um, and, and really, you know, I think Georgia has a shot. I'm not going to say we're going to pick him up. It's not a guarantee by any means. But I do think Georgia has a shot. And that's all you can really hope for at this point. So, with that being said, you know, last weekend before the dead period, you know, obviously Walter Nolan is coming back today uh, for a visit. So, that's a huge news, too. Uh, you know, trying to get him on campus for that last weekend before the dead period comes back. So, with that being said, you look at the importance of this last weekend. Uh, and, and honestly, for, for, for a, a non-dead period, right, for the first time in 16 months, you know, Things kind of didn't feel like as if it was going Georgia's way. Um, we had more negative news almost than we did 
um, positive news. And, and that's something for Georgia fans kind of to take, you know, scratch their heads a little bit maybe. Um, you know, I wasn't expecting it. I was kind of thinking we would have some good news, uh, more good news or whatever the case may be. Uh, but we really didn't get that. It was kind of quiet. I guess contributing it to uh, the, you know, obviously kids wanting to go take these visits. Uh, I don't think they wanted to commit immediately. Um, you know, obviously I think it's a good thing that they don't commit immediately, uh, considering the fact that, you know, go take your visits. You know what I mean? I'm not going to tell you not to commit to Georgia by all means. That's just, that's, that'd be ridiculous of me. But I understand why you don't see the commits like that. Um, you know, but Father's Day, I think Father's Day, you saw several people uh, commit all across the NCAA. And I was sitting there scratching my head about that. You would think somebody would have committed to Georgia, but it didn't. Um, so it's just a matter of time, I would hope, uh, before we get some commitment news. Like I said, I think uh, Branson becomes a dog on the 17th. So at least there's something to look forward to there. I'm definitely just curious to see how things go, uh, you know, moving forward. You know, I think we're in good standing with Oscar Delp. You look at uh, Travis Shaw, I think we're in good shape. You look at other names, you know, other huge names, right? Um, Kristen Miller, maybe. I don't know, just might, you know, just saying. Uh, could be, not saying he will be, but I think Georgia's putting their right foot forward <clears throat> there in, in that regard. So, you know, obviously the dead period comes back, I think, July or June 28th or July 1st or something like that. So if that's, if that's the case, um, you know, definitely want to kind of keep an eye out for that because I think uh, coaches can be on the phones and things like that, just not in person. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, let's kind of rotate over to the Supreme Court ruling. Uh, that was some huge news and still is. Um, definitely wanted to kind of get a feel on the – you know, the verdict here, uh, unanimous, uh, unanimous decision about that, uh, basically talking about, you know, the NCAA needs to figure it out, pay, paying players, whatnot. Um, so, and I, you know, that's a huge loss for the NCAA itself. But nonetheless, sitting there wondering about it, right, looking at it, and you hear revenue splits. I, I, you don't really believe, like, that's, that's, that's unforeseen territory in my opinion. I don't see how you do that without just destructing the uh, deconstructing the entire NCAA system. Uh, it's, it's just ridiculous to think that. I mean, and, and that's where I think lawmakers are sitting there. They don't understand the context, which you know you would think they would. Um, so that was something right there. Uh, let's see here. Also, before we hop on there, guys, I wanted to talk about. Uh, July 2nd, next Friday, uh, college football for the kids. It is a, um, it's a live stream, kind of similar to what we're doing right now. Uh, it's going to be aired on the podcast platforms as well. And what we're going to do is we're going to sit there and bring on other guests, and we're going to talk college football. And from that, I, I think it's going to be a very good time. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> yep. So all donations, guys, all donations will go to St. Jude, uh, directly to St. Jude. I'll post the link up uh, to um, donate and everything like that. Um, and I hope everybody tunes in uh, and has a good time with that. Uh, and while we're here, uh, just hopping on, uh, Harrison Reno. Harrison, how's it going? Hey, hey, Robert, how you doing, man? I'm so sorry about that. It's completely slow on it, man. Not a not a problem, man. Not a problem. Not so. We were. Ju I, I just recapped the recruiting weekend. Um, recruit uh, the recruiting weekend uh, in Georgia, obviously with Travis Shaw and IMG kids, uh, things like that. I was talking about how Georgia made a really good uh, standpoint, uh, or, you know, really good spot with um, with Travis Shaw. I think I think we may end up getting him uh, in the long haul, uh, and obviously the kids at IMG. You know, Booker, uh, Dale and Everett, things like that. I, you know, I think Georgia made a good impression this week as well. What are your takeaways on this week uh, from the recruiting weekend? I think it was a fantastic weekend for Georgia, man. I mean, obviously, like you said, bringing in guys like Travis Shaw and Dale and Everett, I mean, two, you know, as high profile guys as you want in your class. I think uh, they made certainly some good inroads with Shaw, but, you know, I'm actually more worried about the offensive line and who they're taking this class and the defensive line, believe it or not, 
just because, you know, there's looking like these, uh, you know, it, it, it's not as uh, quality. Uh, the, the quality's not there that there used to be when you look at these past few classes. Um, yeah, so I'm worried about that. That's a lie. You know, really look into how important he is right uh, obviously both of these guys are from North Carolina uh, you know Jalen Walker coming from Salisbury Travis Shaw obviously being Greensboro you know how big of an impact do you think that is uh, if, if he's becomes a dog do you think it's a hundred percent could you rate it on an import uh, on a percentage scale of how important Jalen Walker is to Travis Shaw if he commits to Georgia I believe that Jalen Walker will be, I mean, instrumental in his recruitment and, you know, this class and potentially anyone else's recruitment. Obviously, I believe Jalen has a brother um, that plays with him at Salisbury um, down in North Carolina. So I, I think Jalen's cultivated that relationship with Travis. Now, I can't speak on that because I don't, I don't know exactly what's going on between those two. But I feel like he will be instrumental in, in, in this staff's, uh, you know, process of trying to get Travis Shaw to commit to the G, which, you know, like you said, I, I think there's a very good chance of that happening. I, I think he'll be, you know, 50% involved on this. I think it's 50-50 split between Walker and uh, what the staff's doing with Travis Shaw. Absolutely. You know, looking at the situation here, though, I'm looking at it this way. I think, you know, tr uh, you know, if you look at crystal balls, I don't know if, how you are with this. I'm not too big of a fan on them. I just find them interesting. You know, they have him as Clemson as 100%, and I just don't see that. Uh, it was weird, but you don't see that. I, I think it's literally down to Georgia and North Carolina. Obviously, he's got to um, kind of to reiterate this. Uh, he's going up to visit Chapel Hill uh, this weekend. You know, if you know, there's a possibility that he could not like what he sees up there or like Georgia more. Maybe he, you know, maybe he pulls the trigger and, and commits to Georgia. If that's the case, I'm telling you right now, I, I, you hear a lot of this about, you know, Georgia needs to stop bleeding, right? You, you lose Smoke Bowie, you lose uh, Bear Alexander, uh, you know, and then you start to see, or Michael Williams goes to USC. You know, you look at USC, you look at Ohio State, they have a ton of recruiting momentum right now. You know, how does Georgia, you know, the question there for at least Georgia fans is, how does Georgia, how do they stop the bleeding per se? And, and I think if, if you get Travis Shaw, you know, if you if, if he doesn't have that great of a weekend or whatever, may, if he what if he commits or like you know bring in Kamari Wilson right, which is kind of kind of quiet right now, but I think if you're a Georgia fan, you've got that name ready to go. You just feel like the writing's on the wall for him. It's just a matter of when. You know, obviously Branson Robinson to 22nd. You know, what you know what would you what would it take for this feeling of stopping the bleeding right like. Would it be a big-time commit? Would it be, you know, good news, or would it be decommits from somewhere? What do you think would have, like, ha what would have to happen to get this feeling out of, you know, these, you know, the the, the dog fans that are real uh, pessimistic about it? What would you think would need to be, would need to happen, I guess, to um, to comfort these fans? I feel like, you know, obviously Travis Shaw, um, that commitment would be huge. I mean, I would swing the momentum from. You know, let's say it's it's. I mean, it's really low right now. I mean, you know, and I read an article over at uh, SI Dogs Daily talking about how you know this this recent decommitments and the slip in quote unquote momentum is nothing to worry about because the fact you know Kirby's averaging a two point eight a, a, rank, a class ranking of two point eight since he came to Georgia. So you know these decommitments they're going to happen. Uh, we're going through a historic time where this is the first time in sixteen months. Um, that kids are allowed on campus for official and unofficial visits. So I think getting commitment from Kamari Wilson, Branson Robinson, uh, Travis Shaw, you know, any commitment at this point I think would make Georgia fans happy. You know, the funny thing is, oh, boy, you know, I, I don't have it on me, and I should have. I, I'm, I, I, I screwed up. Um, while we're on this show, guys, uh, four-star athlete in the 2022 class, Ja'Cory Thomas, commits to Georgia. Uh, Harrison, I don't know if you're familiar with this, man. 
I can't do it right now, but I'm going to have to do it next show. I'm going to talk more about this. Um, I have a commitment chain, and I don't have it on me right now. That's why I looked down. I was going to go grab it, and I don't have it with me. So next yeah, in full effect. Uh, so Ja'Cory, uh, so like I said, just 2022 commit. Uh, Ja'Cory Thomas commits to Georgia while on show. Uh, so that's a big deal. Uh, you know, Harrison, I think maybe we just kind of spoke it into existence. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's that's a good feel there, um, you know, to have a commit. Uh, I'm definitely going to have to look into this kid some. Uh, you know, obviously, I don't want to sit here and try to talk about a kid that I don't know much about right now. And, and honestly, let's kind of maybe look into this right here. You know, why, you know, obviously think this year, right, you start to hear a lot of these no-name kids or kids that you're not familiar with. I should, I should restate that. Uh, you know, kids that you, you think you would know but that you don't. Like Jacorta, it came out of nowhere for us. You know, that's going to be something I, I feel like this year that's going to be a big thing. Uh, you know, look at Carlton Madden, right? Uh, no, nobody really heard much of him at all. Uh, D commits from Colorado after he gets the uh, Georgia offer, and basically everybody's immediately looking at you know Carlton Madden. Uh, you know, do you, how, what are your thoughts on this? Like, with the year obviously with things being so weird last year and just now opening back up, you know, do you expect more of this kind of thing right here where kids will commit that you really not really paid attention to or you may not have heard? I, I think it's, you know, it, it's bound to happen. I think, you know, e even without COVID and the COVID year, I, I, I thought it happened, you know, it happened pretty rarely, but there were some times where, you know, the, the staff would so find someone that they rate highly uh, and, and, you know, on the media's part that they don't rate highly. I mean, good example, Carlton Madden. I mean, he's a three-star in 247 Sports. But I bet you, um, after receiving an offer from Georgia, I can bet that 247 and Rivals will probably bump up at four stars at some point before his recruiting process is all um, <clears throat> said and done. So, yeah, I, I think we'll see a lot of guys um, that kind of are under the radar right now that not many people are talking about. Um, you know, a.k.a. A, a guy like Drew Bobo, uh, Mike Bobo's yep. son, that went to Georgia's camp and had a really good week um, from what they said and earned him an offer. I think we're going to see a lot more guys like that um, rise up the chain and uh, you know get these big offers that they that, that kids dream of these days. Uh, absolutely, you know you were talking about seeing bumps, right? When uh, <clears throat> sorry, um, when we had the commit from the 2023 class, was it Marcus Washington? Yes. <laughs> when he committed, it was interesting because we we see that he commits and then like on right. If you looked at 24/7, I remember doing it that night. There was nobody. It was nothing. NAs, things like that. Within. I don't know, within a day or two, he becomes like the top 100 recruit. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> so basically, guys, Harrison is hitting it right on the head, right? Like you're going to see a lot of these guys with, with no rankings or very low rankings, and they're going to – I'm talking shoot up the draft, like the, the recruiting rankings. They're going to absolutely skyrocket, right? It's because – you know, and I, and I think – and Harrison, correct me if I'm wrong. The fact that you didn't have camps – you, yeah, a lot of kids didn't even have games, and if they did, they were very, you know, like very restricted by what who could come in and things like that. So you don't really have much on these kids. Now you get these camps opening up, kids going all over the place to camp, um, and you start to see these guys opening up and sending out offers, things like that. And and now that the recruiting services are going to be able to go out and take a look at them in 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 person, I, the rankings are literally worthless right now like you know if, if you're one to follow the rankings and things like that it, it's a waste of time it really is a waste of time this year because things are going to be so wonky uh and it's going to change all the time it, all the time there's no question about it all the time's gonna happen so keep that in mind guys that um you know that is a thing that you have to keep up with um so you know, Harrison, with that right there, though, um, who you know, maybe do you have any names that you think that could uh, could be prime examples for this outside of your Carlton Madden and you know, obviously Jacory Thomas is a four star, but you know, do you see any lower ranked guys coming in that you think could just turn some heads and just immediately skyrocket up the board? Do you have any names in uh, particular? You know, the only one that I've, you know, maybe spoke to, uh, whether, you know, just a few friends around that, that like Georgia or just cover recruiting in general, I think, you know, when Drew Bobo got his offer from Georgia, 
Um, you know, he was lauded for his technician type, uh, his technical play as a lineman. I, I think he's maybe someone that could shoot up the boards. But other than him, you know, I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, these kids come out of nowhere um, after these camps and get these offers from, you know, Georgia, Alabama, um, you know, Ole Miss, people like that, schools like that offering these kids, you know, they come out of nowhere. I think Drew Bobo, if, if what these coaches saw in him at camp, um, when he was in Athens, you know, just I, I think it was beginning of June, um, mm-hmm. the first week of visits, I think he's someone that could potentially shoot up the board as a three-star and, and maybe work his way up to that fourth star. No, I, I see your point there. You know, obviously, the, the Bobo name hits uh, a little bit different for Georgia fans, but you know, there's a lot of kids out there, guys. You know, there's too many to really sit there and name. Uh, and if, you probably won't even know about them, right? You won't even know about them. I feel like Coaches will keep this stuff in their back pocket. They'll have that one, right, that one that you have no idea about, and they'll just commit. And from there, that's when it becomes real interesting, right? Because, like, you have these kids that, you know, a lot of you know a lot of schools or anybody's never heard of, and then they're just really fucking good, really good. So expect a lot of this. Uh, and, and Brooks, I know Brooks Austin uh, had mentioned a lot about this as well. Is It's going to be a chaotic year, probably the most chaotic year in recruiting history. Uh, and already it's, it's showing. Uh, but Harrison, let's move on to the, the juiciest topic of the day. Uh, obviously, considering last week, this was after this came out, NCAA, or actually the uh, Supreme Court, uh, spoke and basically was talking and set the unanimous decision down for the, uh, the case for paying players, uh, and they sided with the former players. Yeah, and, and then I know Brooks had talked about uh, in his NBR ramp uh, show, you know, the revenue splits, right? And when I heard that, that really, like, I don't know if it, it didn't trigger me, but it definitely, like, rung some bells. Uh, you know, obviously the NIL is what it is. And, and honestly, the revenue splits, I just don't see it. I don't know how they make that possible. Uh, you know, is that something that, fans or anybody of the sport should really keep an eye out for the revenue splits or should we just focus on the NIL? Honestly, with revenue splits and all that, you know, because originally back when they talked about this five, ten years ago, it was about having the schools take the money they make off, let's say, you know, a guy like Zion Williamson at Duke who was, I mean, Duke, there's no question, the Duke and the NCAA made millions off that guy playing at Duke. Oh, absolutely. I I love Zion. Yes. And, and, you know, and, and that's, you know, the debate was, well, shouldn't he get some of that money? Because obviously, you know, I, I'm betting their generic number one Duke jerseys were selling really high that year because everyone wanted one. You know, I mean, I've got one if that makes you <laughs> feel better. So, like, <laughs> you know, just just proves the point. But, um, you know, I, I think the NCAA is going to want to keep their revenue. Schools are going to want to keep their revenue. The conferences are going to want to keep their revenue. I, I really don't see revenue splits being proposed because how are you going to do it? Because, you know, obviously there's going to be some players that make a lot more money than others. I mean, you know, Georgia's kicker is not going to make as much money as a guy like George Pickens or JT Daniels, even though Jack, Jack Podlesny, you know, is getting into, uh, you know, into the fandom. I mean, there's, there's, you know, I think thousands and thousands of Georgia fans that, that love Jack Podlesny. I'm one of them, obviously. Him hitting that, you know, kick in the peach bowl was amazing. Yeah. But he's just not going to have the name value that a guy like JT Daniels does as the starting quarterback at one of the major programs in the world. So I, I just don't see revenue splits happening. I hope I'm wrong, but it's a, it's a money business. Oh, yeah, and also thinking about it, I, I'm glad that I'm, I'm glad that I just run this show once a week right now because it gave me a lot more time to really – dig into what was said what you know what was you know what was said and and interpreting things right and, and one of the things that really settled unfavorably for me was how do you deal with title nine um you know that's one of the things that really you know i don't know if the supreme court really understood that too much um and, and i think to your point that the revenue splits that would that would destroy what you call Title IX. If you're not familiar with that, it's basically equal pay or equal opportunity for uh, women. Uh, so, like, for instance, if, you know, basically if you have, like, a million or two million dollars for scholarships for a men's team, 
you know, then you have to do the same thing for a women's team. Uh, and and I, there's a lot more to it. It gets very complex and intricate. Um, so with that being said, though, you know, I'm with you there. I don't think that you see revenue splits. But the NIL, guys, this is this is going to happen. Um, you know, and I'm kind of on the agreement here with Brooks Harrison. Kids been getting paid. They're just bet the better teams at it didn't get caught. <laughs> I mean, I just think that's probably how it's definitely how it feels. But now you're coming into a world where you know, looking at college football, you're going to see this. You see it's basically straight, you know, straight in your face, in your face. And that's just something as, you know, as Georgia fans or not even, you know, if, if anyone else is listening, just fans of college sports. Uh, that's something that we've got to get familiarized with. Uh, and it's just something that we've got to deal with. But, you know, for instance, if, you know, Harrison, I'm probably with you on this right here. You may be with me on this. If, if you're telling me, you know, I'm still going to go watch a dog's game regardless right regardless what's going to happen i'm gonna still pull for my team i'm gonna root for them if i'm able to watch them i'm gonna go watch them that's not going to change it's just you know you're going to have this certain group of fans uh around the country that just despise you know kids getting paid for some reason uh and and to me i just find that kind of not really laughable but it's 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 kind of selfish um you know i had alan george on uh, a while back uh, starting cornerback from Vanderbilt, and he brought it. He brought something up to my attention at the time that I didn't even think about. He he was talking about it in regard in regards to uh, you know potentially this was potentially at the time, you know kids getting paid, and he was like, if you know why can why can a kid go out and and do something or stream because he stream he's an avid streamer um, of uh, Warzone, but he was talking about how you know if if a if a regular college uh, student can go out there and stream outside of classes and get paid for it and get monetized for it, why can't I? And Or why can't an athlete do that uh, for, for a service that they provide? Or, and, and, and that right there really, really like opened my eyes. And, and I kind of switched, like I didn't really switch, but I kind of really leaned more towards paying athletes because it, it makes sense. You know, I, I don't think colleges and universities, whatever, or you know, other people should be banking off these kids' names, image, and likenesses. So I'm agreement with that. What are your thoughts on that, though? Do you think kids should be paid? Obviously, I think it's becoming a thing where they're going to. But you know, what are your thoughts on it? I think you know, kids should definitely be able to have the the rights to their name, image, and likeness. I think that's without question. You know, if if me or you were going to go, you know, go play you know a sport or something in college, you know, I I think we would want to get paid. I, I you know, that's that's the problem. I think we're seeing more and more kids leave college early because of the fact not only that there's so much money to be made in the NFL and you know the average career is what two years um maybe not even in the NFL you know I I think letting these kids make money off their name image and likeness letting them go on Twitch and be Twitch streamers or go on YouTube and make money off their YouTube channel I think that's common sense you know it's going to keep kids in school uh I, I don't know how drastic the changes will be um, Basketball-wise, because they can leave after their freshman year, they only have to play one season. But we could see uh, a, a lot more kids graduate college and go to the NFL after playing, you know, four years of football. And obviously, for a position like running back, that takes a beating uh, for most of the year, depending on what your your offense scheme is. Um, you know, they might leave early still, but I, yeah. I think they should be able to profit off their name. I think even if it's as simple as YouTube and Twitch, you know, let, let's say a second string, you know. Um, lineman wants to go play on Twitch and, and YouTube. He can make his money that way instead of having to worry about businesses reaching out to him. Yeah, you know, and, and with the with the basketball though, I know you talked about going one year. You're starting to see the trend in in the elite athletes in college basketball going to the G League first. Mm-hmm. And and that right there, and basketball is more advanced in regards to paying players because. Kids don't even have to go to college at this point. If they really wanted to, they could go to their G, the G League, get signed by a team, take a year, and then get drafted to an NBA team. So And make money. Yeah, that exactly. So, you know, <clears throat> it really questions me, or it really makes me question the, you know, the competency of the NCAA. You know, you basically let the you, – you let, like, lawmakers – tell you what to do but you can't even control yourself and, and make these decisions like you didn't see them coming for years 
and you now you're just wanting to talk about it. I want to say they talked about if a, if a state doesn't have an NIL in place or whatever, that uh, they can kind of set up their own thing, and that just sounds like you're like running a wild wild west type feel, uh, which like I said, that kind of just reiterates the the incompetency for me, in my opinion, to the NCAA. Um, you know, and then obviously you know you look at you know, look at the schools that are benefiting from this NIL. Um, you know, I look at I look at teams like you know I would think USC is the biggest one right now in my opinion. USC, you know, being in the LA market, you're going to see. I think you're going to see them come up quick. They're they're going to rebound fast, and, and they're really going to you know it really makes you wonder how teams are going to uh, combat that. Uh, you know, because like I said, uh, USC, right? definitely can sit there and and make your brand you know like brand is becoming a thing it it was before but not nearly as much now uh and next week i have a feeling we're going to talk about this uh and almost into nausea because it'll be july 1st and a lot of places around the country a lot of states uh are going to have those uh bills impacted and they're going to be initiated so it's going to be interesting to see what happens there so i can't wait for next week guys because that's that's going to be a huge topic of discussion but uh, let's see here. Tanil says that was a great point, Harrison. Uh, and then she also mentions about the uh, NCAA. It's amazing how fast they're regulating this. You know, and, and, and that's the thing. Like, but how are they going to do it correctly, I think, is where that comes off of that. Um, that's, that's my main concern. I, I just don't think that NCAA um, is it, – they're not competent enough to set this up the right way. You know, I look back, Harrison, not even long ago, the, the one-year – pre-eligibility like the super seniors things like that they didn't think it through they really didn't think it through you know it it sounds really good from a you know from a pr standpoint hey look you know covid yeah covid screwed your year up guess what happens guys you can come back for one for a year they failed to realize the scholarship count and shit like that and, and it just backfired in their face um you know do you see anything good coming out of this from the ncaa in regards to paying players and regulating it well, I don't know about regulating part just because they've shown a tendency not, you know, that they're incapable or not really living up to their own regulations of how to do it, you know. Um, like, like you said, with the whole one free year, you know, the NCAA wasn't really getting screwed in that. It was the universities that were getting screwed. I mean, you know, Georgia has a guy like, you know, Jermaine, uh, Jermaine Johnson that wants to come back for one year. I, I, I don't know what the deal was with him. Maybe he just, you know, was thinking of transferring anyway. But, you know, what if you wanted to bring him back, but you also had, you know, say a, a really five-star, really good edge rusher coming in uh, in your class and you just don't have room for him. Then you're, then you're telling, you know, the fifth-year senior, hey, you need to go transfer to someone else. And, and I'm just using him as an example because he yeah. was a guy that came back, um, used that one year. And then, you know, transferred. So, you know, they, they really screwed over, uh, you know, programs this year. And, and then ultimately, you know, they were trying to do something good for the kids. But in the end, they're kind of screwing over some of these kids. I think you're also seeing it impact the high school level, too. Um, you know, not as many kids are getting scholarships because, you know, like you're looking at your teams like your Georgias and your Alabamas. <coughs> oh, I'm sorry about that. You look at t- you look at the teams like your Georgias, your Bamas, Ohio State, so on, so on. You know those top tier teams like that are not going to get impacted by this. They they're going to still pick up your five stars. They'll pick up your high high level four stars. But as you trickle down into the you know the lower power five, mid majors, right group of five, you know that's where they're really going to take a hit. And because you're starting to see dependency on the transfer portal. Um, who was it? Um, oh my goodness, who lost a ton? Tennessee. Tennessee loses what like half their team it feels like to the transfer portal. So you know you know pretty much damn well they're gonna have to sit there and go to the portal a ton. But when you take up a you know when you get a transfer portal kid, you know the logic being you get that experience, you get a kid with college experience, that also takes away as a high school scholarship. And, and it kind of works like you were saying too, where you know what about your lower level guy that you know came on as a full rider? You know these kids negotiate their contracts. That was an interesting note for me. Is they, they negotiate their scholarships basically with their coaches, uh, unless you're like a you know a huge like a starter kind of thing. But you know you you kind of get processed, and you're going to see a lot more of that. And really, the the odds 
of a kid going into the portal and coming out at a different school and actually succeeding are, are against the kids. Uh, there's so many kids in the portal right now that don't have a home. Uh, and, and it's just, it's mind boggling to me. Uh, you know, but what are the ramifications? You know, I, I was listening to Terrence Edwards talk today. You know, what happens if a kid gets, co- you know, gets scolded or, get, you know, gets coached too hard? You know, does he leave, like, he up and leaves and goes, you know, goes to somewhere else? Like, how can, how, that kind of impacts the coaches as well, I would think. Uh, and, and it's just so weird to, you know, see that right there. There's a lot of things they didn't think about, right? They really didn't think it through, and, and we're really starting to see it, and it's only just beginning. I think over time, you know, I, I would love for things to clear out and, and kind of settle things, uh, things settle, but I just don't see it happening, honestly. I really I, don't. Sorry to interrupt, but I think, you know, one of the things that they should have done, um, and I don't know what others would feel about this, but this just comes right off the top of my head. You know, if you're going to let these kids get one extra year of free eligibility, why not allow these schools to get extra scholarships? Why not extend that limit of, you know, I think it's 85 scholarships. Why not extend it up to, you know, say 90 or 95, just so we can get, you know, these schools can carry these kids yeah. that want to come back for more year. No, I, you know, that's, and like I said, you know, I, I, I would love to see that, right? I think you, I think you need to. And, and really with how much money the NCAA and these schools are getting, I think they could, I think they could push that. Um, I, I really do. Um, I, I think it would be beneficial for these kids to do that. More chances for kids to get on there and prove their worth and get scholarships, you know, things like that. You can't go, you know, the 85 sounds nice, but look at like, what the NFL teams they had they had, they cut down to fifty three from like a hundred players or something like that. like that is insane and kind of have no guaranteed money yeah I know that's the that's the that's the weird thing but not you know looking at right here though like you know looking at the NIL you know Georgia I feel like is doing a good job with branding these kids and having them ready for success but. You know, you really start to wonder in the end, like how, you know, I think you look at Alabama, Alabama will be able to, to weather this fairly easily. And I think it's because their, their product on the field and the championships don't lie. So, you know, I want to hear your opinion on this. I think that certain schools, uh, you know, like your Georgia, I think Georgia is one of them, you know, your Georgia is going to be able to handle this NIL flux. Uh, you know where you're going to see you know kids getting paid. I think Georgia's product on the field, especially this year, could be that swing year. But you tell me, you know, I want to hear your thoughts on this. I think Georgia can weather the you know weather the storm of this NIL, uh, you know, and, and paying kids things like that. Because like let's be honest, you know, you look at all like Texas and USC, they have bukus of money if they wanted to throw at kids. So. You know, with kids getting paid that way, you know, you, you're going to see kids go there, uh, you know, because of that. I think Georgia can weather it. Do you think they can or not, and why? I think Georgia can handle it just because, I mean, obviously, I think, you know, Athens is not out in the middle of nowhere. This is, this is a university that is really well known. Obviously, there's a lot of alumni and, and in Athens. You know, there's a lot of alumni that come from that school and go on to be business people. I mean, look at the fr- football program. Uh, football program. I mean, alone, you got Rennie Curran out there doing business. You got Terrence Edwards being a coach now. You got um, Drew Butler, man, at Icon Source now. There's so many good alumni from the university uh, that that, that there should be a lot of money pumping into these athletes um, locally and nationally. I I, I think Georgia's, you know, well set for this. um, Mm -hmm. But compared to uh, Texas or USC, I mean – Heck, put in Harvard and Yale. I mean, you know, the people coming out of those schools, you know, I mean, millionaires and millionaires. Um, yeah, I, I think Georgia's well off. I don't, I don't think we should worry about losing kids to a USC or a Texas just because um, Georgia's brand carries, you know, maybe a little bit less or just as much um, name value as those other programs. Yeah, not. You know, looking at looking at that right there, though, right? You look at like Tanil, what she's saying here. Tanil Calvino saying that Georgia can weather anything. I'm kind of in that agreement, right? <clears throat> They're going to take a hit. Don't get me wrong. They're going to take a hit from this. You saw what happened with Michael Williams, but Georgia's going to be fine. And I, and I think you look at the production track of, for kids in the NFL, and then post NFL. You, I, I wanted to mention. You look at Quincy Carter. 
uh, down in Texas, and he and his camps and things like that. You look at No. Sean Marino; he's doing he's doing well for himself. You know, a bunch of guys. You know, uh, I'm gonna shoot, give a shout out to uh, uh, under further review here, uh, under further review podcast with Chris Burnett and uh, Brandon Boykin. Two guys that you know, UGA alums. You know, loved watching Brandon Boykin when when he was in college, doing fairly well with themselves as well. So Georgia's got the ability to sit there and show you NFL success, aka your Matt Stafford's, your Roquans, AJ Green. You know, but you also have guys that you know, even outside of a outside of a professional athletic career, are doing extremely well with the education that they got while they were at Georgia. And I think that's why Georgia can weather this storm. Yeah, and I think, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, let's look at a guy like Max Jenchcomb who played, I want to say he played five, eight years in the NFL before mm-hmm. he retired due to injuries. Yep. Now he's he's working in health insurance um, with former Bulldog David Green. I mean, those, yep. those co-workers, I mean, Georgia will set you up for success um, on and off the field. And I, and I think that's a big reason why. Um, George is doing so well uh, in recruiting these last few years is not only is Kirby developing good football players, but he's giving them a pathway to a career beyond the football field, which I think is the biggest thing on a lot of these kids' minds because I, I think we're seeing it more and more um, that these kids are realizing that it's, it's difficult to make them to the NFL. You know, it's difficult yeah. to draft it, but it's even harder to stay in the NFL after you get drafted. There's never a feeling of, I made it. You have to continue to work to quote unquote make it, so you mm-hmm. know, I, I think Georgia's you know fairly set off um, to to succeed uh, with these NIL rules. Yep, and and you, you also to know also shouts out Heinz uh, Ward. You know, obviously you kind of see guys going in and doing good things in coaching as well with Heinz uh, going and set, uh, accepting the wide receivers coach at uh, Florida Atlantic. You know, obviously you know that's a start for his colle- uh, for coaching career like the, in that regard for collegiate level. You know, so you know Georgia's got that all-around spectrum of success. You know, you look at you look at money in the NFL, right? And Georgia's one of those top-earning schools, um, you know, in regards to that. But then you look outside, and you do see guys that are very successful. Uh, so you got that all-around blend, and I think that's what helps Georgia. Like I said, um, you know. But nonetheless, though, uh, there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, but to wrap it up, Harrison, before we go. Uh, I wanted to let people uh, let people know more about what you do. Uh, so t- let everybody know listening and watching uh, where they can find you uh, and and how to get in touch with if they wanted to. All right, guys. Uh, Robert, first of all, I mean, you guys, this is a really good show. I mean, I'm, I'm, I listened to him last week with Brooks Austin. It was amazing. I mean, Robert does a tremendous job. I didn't actually meet Robert until maybe a few months ago uh, through Twitter. I mean, the man's doing a tremendous job. Give him shout outs. Post this link everywhere, man. I think Robert is a rising star in this business. Obviously, really good podcast. He's a damn good dog, guys. So shout out to Robert. Thank you for letting me come on today. But you can find me at um, at top dog underscore logs on Twitter. Um, I, I run a website covering Georgia football um, called topdogblogs.com. You can follow me over there, over there, and you can find me on SI Dogs Daily covering the dog. And you can find me on the podcast. Hopefully, we can get Robert on. Um, soon enough for a podcast visit. Obviously, Robert's doing a tremendous job, and Robert, I, I would love to have you on, man. Home and home, man. Hey, you know, I'm always down to sit there and talk about it by all means. I, I love talking dog football, and hey, I'll be more than glad to come on. You just tell me the tell me when. So, also, guys, so if you can see it over here, I put the link uh, for anybody watching in the caption there. That's his Twitter handle. So, if you want to go onto Twitter and find uh, Harrison, you can find him there. Uh, but here's hey man, I just wanted to say thank you for coming on, uh, and obviously giving you know giving everybody a lot to to dissect, and obviously with the huge news, right? Uh, it was good to experience a co- live commitment. Uh, I think that's the first commitment I've experienced live on a podcast for me, so that's obviously fun to deal with. Uh, so if anybody's listening, watching, you know, obviously you got to see some good firsts here. Uh, Harrison, thank you again for coming on, man, and it was a pleasure talking to you. Hey, man, I just want to thank you again. And I'm sorry I was late. I mean, that, that's all me. Got a lot going on. Just hey, my look, man, we're all busy. We're all busy, guys. It's no worries there, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, hey, we, we got to run it back. We got to run it back. But I'll, I'm going to hear real quick because I missed this part. What are you doing next week with St. Jude's? I mean, obviously, I saw the announcement, but can you go into it a little bit more before you wrap it up? 
Yeah, so so if, if anybody, I talked about it earlier uh, before Harrison came on. I'll reiterate this because this is next week's show. Uh, obviously, it's going to be about, it's going to be NCAA wide here. Um, you know, obviously, this is a Georgia podcast, uh, but we're going to be talking with several other podcasters. I think you can look at a couple names here. Uh, Golden Blue Dude, he's a West Virginia fan that covers NCAA. Uh, Dr. SEC should be making an appearance. Uh, huge names, uh, maybe even J-Boy uh, might be coming on. I think I have to make sure. Um, but we're just going to get on here and, and do a huge group talk, um, you know, for calls, right? We're going to obviously have uh, a link up for donations to uh, St. Jude uh, while we while we do the show. Uh, you know, there's certain rewards, right, if, if anyone does donate. Uh, there's specific rewards that are tied into the show as well. Uh, I'm not going to say exactly donation amounts, but like, for instance, if you donated 10 bucks, right, you can have a, a guest say their, you know, sing their fight song of their arch rival or, or say their rally cry, like, you know, us saying go Gators or, you know, whatever, or sing Rocky Top. You could see, you could see that. Um, obviously, it's going to be pretty interesting to see what happens. But like I said, all of that stuff is good for good cause, guys. Uh, all the, I, I'm not going to see none of this. No one else is. Uh, it's going straight to the kids. Uh, and obviously, we want to help them and, and do this for them. So that's more about the show, Harrison, uh, next week. Uh, I don't know how long the show is going to be. <laughs> I'm just going to go with it until we're done with it. But um, it, it's probably going to be one of the longer ones, but I, I think it'll be worth it in the end. Most definitely, man. I, I You know, just, just let it roll, man. I, I think that's what I learned. You know, I used to, a few episodes back, I had a guest on uh, talking to South Carolina, and usually we're a 30-minute, 45-minute podcast. You know, we got past that mark. And I was like, conversation's going good. Might as well let it roll. No, I mean, that's the, that's the fun thing about, you know, you start to hear these things like that right there. Uh, when you have multiple people on, guys, like, conversations can go anywhere. And I think that's what makes it so genuine and, and the genuine nature of it make it fun. So I, I agree with you there. Yes, sir. Appreciate you letting me on, man. It, it was an honor, man. And it's really fun to be on here. Love to come back. Love to host you on, man, on the Top Dog Talk podcast, man. It's going to be fun. Absolutely, man. I'm looking forward to it. I'll reach out with you uh, later on, and we'll, we can talk about another uh, schedule and some more stuff, man. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Thank you, Robert. All right. All right, man. Have a good weekend. You too. All right. All right, guys. That is all we've got for today's show. I just wanted to say I hope everybody has a great weekend. Uh, obviously, the commitment news, right, Ja'Cory Thomas committing to Georgia live on the show. So next week, the chain's going to be out, and we're going to be doing it for the kids. Uh, so with that note, though, guys, I hope everybody has a great weekend, and stay tuned for the next episode. Go dogs!